Glad to be with you all this morning. Hope you all had a great, uh, a great Christmas holiday. Uh, I hope that it was full of uh, family and full of friends and worship of, of Jesus, the birth of King Jesus. Um, it's so good this morning to have an extended time of worship with you all. I, 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 this is something that, uh, that we as a church will do periodically, just coming together on a Sunday and focusing in on worship and prayer, which are two vital things that the Bible tells us uh, that, that are vital in our Christian walk as our lives as Christ followers. Worship and prayer are huge components of that. And so uh, we need time in worship and in prayer, not just on Sundays, but every day. However, it is great to have this intentional time together where we just come together as a body here in Greensburg and worship the King. And so I uh, just love that, loved hearing all the voices and uh, just excited to be here this morning worshiping with you all. Now, we're going to take some time now, uh, a little bit of time, to be in God's word, word together also this morning. And so as you know, we're coming out of this Christmas season, right? Last week, Christmas comes and goes so fast, but last week we were coming out of the, the Christmas season where we have spent the last month seeing and celebrating the fact that God is so full of grace and so full of love and so faithful to his word that he sent us a savior, right? To be the king of kings, the, the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the man who will bring peace on earth, uh, to save us from our sin through faith in him. And we as a church, the last couple of weeks, we've been walking through some verses in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, where the Lord promised to send this savior. And last week, we dove into the gospel of John where we saw that God is so faithful to his word that he sent us that promised savior that was prophesied 700 years before in the book of Isaiah. And that promised savior, his name is Jesus. So with his death and with his resurrection, he brought us his spiritual kingdom to earth. And if we continue to read through the New Testament, we know that Jesus will return again and bring his physical kingdom to earth. And we see that in the book of Revelation where his physical kingdom comes to earth. But as we think about that, as we, as we look onward, preparing for the return of Christ to bring his physical kingdom we got to think to ourselves or ask ourselves, where should our focus be while we're waiting? You know, we're waiting for this day when Jesus returns, right? God said in Isaiah, I will send you Jesus, and, and he was faithful to his word. And Jesus said, I will return, and we know that he is faithful to his word. But what do we do in the meantime? What do we do while we're waiting for this physical kingdom to come? Well, we're going to take a brief moment here this morning and turn our attention from celebrating the birth of Jesus towards what this birth should motivate us to do, how we should live while we're waiting for the physical kingdom to arrive. So if you would, open your Bibles up to Romans chapter 15. That's where we're going to be today. And we're going to dive right into the word this morning, into some instructions that Paul is giving the church in Rome during this time and also to us today. But before we jump in, as you're getting out your text and turning to Romans chapter 15, in order to fully understand this text, we have to have some context to who Paul is writing to and why he's writing to them, right? This is a, a letter, the book of Romans is a letter penned by the apostle Paul. 
And he's writing to Christ followers in the church that has been planted and built up in Rome. Now, this church in Rome is full of two different types of people. It's full of Jews who have been converted to Jesus, have been converted to Christianity. And it's full of Gentiles who once worshipped pagan Roman gods and have now been saved by the blood of Christ. They've put their faith in Jesus, so now they're worshiping Jesus. And as we're about to see, as we kind of get some context here in Romans, there's some dissension between these two groups, these Jews and these Gentiles. There's, 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 some, there's some sand in between them. These converted Jews, they... They worship Jesus, but they want the Gentiles to also follow the rituals and the legalism of the Old Testament Jewish law. And the Gentiles, they're refusing to do that. They say, well, we've been taught by the apostles that that Jesus has fulfilled the law, and we no longer need to follow the law. And in fact, you killed Jesus. Why why don't we listen to you about what what it means to live a righteous life? And that's, that's what's happening here. There's a rift between them on what is the most righteous way to live. Right? They're a, a church that's divided. And so this, this book of Romans, this letter to the Romans, Paul is navigating with both these groups on, on how to solve this issue. Paul's purpose for writing this letter is to unify them under Jesus. Right? He spends this entire letter telling them, you no longer belong to the law, you're no longer a Jew, You only belong to Jesus. And he says to the Gentiles, like, you've been grafted into the Jews. Don't don't hate them. It's only because of the promises that God gave them that you are able to be grafted in with them. So what Paul is telling them is that there is no longer Jew or Gentile, but all are one under Jesus. And only he is righteous. And so he's established that through this entire letter. And now as he ends the nears the end of this letter in chapter 15, he's telling the church, now that you are unified under Christ, now that there's no more Jew or Gentile, but all one under Jesus, here's where your focus should be. And as you're, as you're waiting for the kingdom to come, here's where your focus should be. What you should be de- dedicated to as a people of God. So as we dive into the text here in chapter 15, Paul's gonna show us three areas that we are to concentrate on and focus on, not only as a church in Rome, as the church was in Rome, not only as a church here at the Rock in Greensburg, but as a part of the capital C church all across Decatur County, all across Indiana, all across the world. Here's three things that Paul says we should be focused on, how God's people should be living every day. So you guys ready to dive into the text this morning? All right, let's get it. Read with me here. Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 1, says this. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So we're going to stop right there and just look at those First three verses, I hear the Apostle Paul says that we, as a united body of Christ followers, are to bear one another's burdens. He says there, we who are strong have an obligation to bear 
with the failings of his neighbor for good. So the first calling that we have here in Romans 15 is to bear one another's burdens. Now this word bear literally means to get up under the weight of something, right? to, to help someone bear the weight of something. If I'm in the gym, which is rare, as you all can tell, right? It's been a minute since I've been in the gym. I'm trying to be better. It's my New Year's resolution, get in the gym. But so, so therefore, if you see me in the gym in 2024 and I'm on the bench press and you see me struggling to get the weight off my chest, I'm going to need you to come over and bear that weight with me. I'm going to need you to come over and help me lift this weight off of my chest. And when you do that, it's not going to be comfortable. Right? You're going to have to get some skin into the game. You're going to have to use your strength. You might sweat a little bit. It's not going to be comfortable. You might break a sweat. You might have to put in some effort to help me get that weight off of me. And that's what Paul's describing here as he describes bearing one another's burdens. He's saying, the Bible is saying that we have to get under the weight of burdens with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have to come up under the weight of their burdens and help them, help them to lift it. And again, this is not going to be comfortable all the time. The Bible doesn't tell us that we are going to be comfortable ever. This life as a Christ follower is not promised to be comfortable. It's not about our comfort. In fact, what Paul says here in verses 2 and 3, he says, let each of us help his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. We are as a church, as Christians, to strive to be like Jesus, to live our life like Jesus. And Jesus came as a servant, right? not for himself, but for us. Right? He was on a throne in heaven. He is God. And he humbled himself to come down to earth in the fa- form of man and to be a bondservant for us. And this is exactly what we are called to do here as brothers and sisters in Christ, is to serve one another humbly as Jesus did, to humble ourselves, to love one another as Christ followers, and to serve one another as Christ served us. Whether that's a friend or your wife or a family member, a believer in Christ, we are called here as a family, as a unified body of Christ to bear one another's burdens. That's not all that Paul is calling us to here. It's the very first thing that he's mentioning. But as we move down this list, down through this text, you'll see the second thing that Paul is calling us to do here. Read with me here in verses four through five. It says this. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. So coming out of that that text there, the second thing that Paul is calling us here to focus on is the following of God's word. He says there as he opens up verse 4, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. And we have to remember here who Paul is addressing. Right, part of the group that he's addressing 
of these divided people were the Jews. And the Jews wanted to follow Jesus, but also follow the Old Testament law, right? To eat kosher and to be circumcised and all these things, all these rituals, all these festivals. And Paul's stating here that the scripture in the Old Testament, the Old Testament teachings were for our instruction. That we would know how to live a life dedicated to the Lord. Primarily what not to do as well as what to do. We can see stories in the Old Testament that are instructions for us that don't do this. Don't do it this way. So what he's saying here is all all scripture throughout the text, throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament now, is used for our instruction. And so we as Christ followers are to follow God's word in all things. We are to follow his word. Coming out of, we are to bear one another's burdens, the first thing he addresses. And coming out of that, he says, because we are to follow and abide in God's word. God's word tells us to bear one another's burdens. All right, we're to be unified in that. We should be unified as a body, and we should be unified in following the word of God. All right, in this case, again, Paul is stating that God's word has called you to be servants and to bear one another's burdens. And this is a calling from God's word, and we must follow it. As a body of believers, again, we must be unified in God's word. We must be unified in our belief that the Bible is truth and it's the only truth. And that's what he's calling us here and he's calling the church in Rome as well to do. He's saying, be unified in the fact that you follow truth and we are called to abide in the truth, which is the word of God. uh, Jesus says in John chapter eight, if you abide in my word... You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We must be united in this, not just here at The Rock, but as a capital C church here in Decatur County, that the word of God is truth, and we are united on it. And the reason that we're to be united in the following of God's word is because of Paul's third point this morning. Read with me here in verses six through seven. That together you may with one voice glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I hear Paul makes the the greatest statement of this chapter in Romans. That in all ways, together, We are to focus on glorifying Jesus. In all ways together, we are to focus on glorifying Jesus. We are called to be united in God's word so that in every action and in every word, we as Christ followers are dedicated only to bringing glory to his name. This is what God's faithfulness and love for us should motivate us to do. As we come out of this Christmas season and we've been worshiping God for his faithfulness of his word in Isaiah to send Jesus and to rescue us with his shed blood. It should motivate us and coming out of that, we should just come through the year glorifying God for it, for everything he's done. And that's what Paul's trying to get us to understand here in Romans 15. The big idea of what Paul's trying to get us at is this, no matter what, our focus must remain on glorifying Jesus. 
And as we move into 2024, as we think about our goals and our New Year's resolutions and everything for the upcoming year, this has to be the top goal on our list. Our number one goal should always be and forever be glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. As a church, if we do that, we will watch the kingdom grow like wildfire. If we are just out in the world every single day, living and abiding in God's word and glorifying Jesus for everything in our lives. And this is what the word is calling us to do today. Now, you may be sitting here right now and asking yourself, how do, how do I glorify Jesus? Like, what is the, the best way practically to glorify the Lord? Well, as we as a church are going to spend the next five weeks here at the beginning of 2024 walking through the practical ways that we can glorify Jesus, how to live our lives in a way that is always glorifying to him, right, living out what we've been calling the 4W life. Now, uh, we have coined this phrase, 4W life. Well, I didn't. Someone else before me did. But it's a coined phrase. These four W's, worship, walk, work, and witness, they fit together real nice, and they all start with W. But know that, that we didn't just make this up. Right, this isn't something that we just, we just conjured up one day. All these commands come straight from God's word, from the truth. These are all commands and callings for us as Christ followers to live a life dedicated to glorifying Jesus by following his word through these four W's. Right, these are instructions on how to live as Christ followers as we eagerly await the return of Jesus. Right, the first W that we will dive into next week is worship. But we're going to get a head start on that, and we have been getting a head start on that today. We want to leave 2023 and enter 2024 worshiping and glorifying Jesus not only for what he's done here at The Rock and in our personal lives, but for what he did for us for all eternity. As we just sang, if he never did another thing for me, he hung on the cross and bore my sins and died for them. And he rose from the dead so that I could live eternally. And that is what we're worshiping today. And that is as we continue to go through 2024, 2025, until we die or until the Lord returns, we will continue to glorify the name of Jesus as a church. And that is where our focus should be as a church body to be serving like Jesus, holding fast to his word and glorifying him in unity in every single way. So we're gonna, if you would stand with me again, we're gonna continue here. We have two songs left this morning. We're gonna continue to worship Jesus, to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords until he returns. Because this is one way we can glorify him by unashamedly in this room today, worshiping him as king. Jesus is Lord and we will worship him. He is holy and we will worship him. We're gonna to continue to do that today in service. If you would before that though, let's pray together as we go into worship. Father, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for everything, Lord, that you've given us. We thank you that you have, uh, you have blessed us with your blood, Lord, that we do not deserve the grace and the mercy that you've poured on us. That we as sinners do not deserve it, but yet you still died for us that you're faithful, Lord, that everything that you said would happen in your Old Testament has happened. 
You have checked off every single box. You've shown that you are faithful and that we can trust you as Lord because you are holy. So Lord, now hear us, Lord, as a, as a body of people here in Greensburg that we worship you for your holiness. That you are holy, that you are faithful, that you are merciful, and we serve you. So Lord, I pray that you put on the hearts of everyone in this room today that as we move through 2024, as we move through the rest of our lives, every day we get up glorifying you and worshiping you for who you are and what you have done. We love you, Jesus. Be amongst us as we worship you. Stir the spirit in this place. We worship you wholeheartedly with everything. It's in your name we pray. Amen.